Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, March 8th. The futures price action in the US um, is very consistent with what we've been seeing. So the Dow futures are only down about 25 basis points. The NASDAQ futures are down 185 basis points. So you continue to see this dramatic dichotomy between growth momentum stocks and cyclical value stocks. Um, the S&P futures are off about 29 points. That's about 76 basis points. So obviously the S&P is a mix of both groups. Dow is more heavily weighted towards cyclical value. NASDAQ obviously dominated by growth momentum. So you continue to see that price action where yields bleed higher. That is undermining the value, I'm sorry, undermining the growth momentum stocks, all of which have very extended multiples and all of which, most of which face very difficult comparisons from 2020 because those companies performed very well during the pandemic. Um, That's the theme that you've been seeing play out for at least over a month. Um, and it's continuing this morning. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how yields are rising and that's hurting equities. That's really not the case at all. The S&P has been relatively flat. And if you look at the equal weighted S&P, which just for the dominance of some of these enormous um, growth momentum stocks, the equal weighted S&P is actually trading very well right now. Um, and you can look at that um, from the uh, RSP ETF. So the equal weighted S&P continues to trade very well. It's absorbed an enormous increase in 10-year yields. So 10-year treasury yields are up about 70 basis points um, as of the Friday peak on a year-to-date basis. So obviously a huge increase um, and the market, the S&P, not just, uh, not just equal weighted, but the actual um, the, the market cap weighted one is, is, is flat. The equal weighted S&P is up about 6% year-to-date. So absorbing that very, very well. Um, but you are obviously seeing a huge um, rotation beneath the surface, and that's I, I suspect going to continue. Um, I think this is you know this is going to be a multi-month theme, whereby you have reopening, massive stimulus, improving growth, all placing upward pressure on yields. I don't think you're going to see um, you know a disorderly or dramatic sell-off in Treasuries. I don't really think you're going to see a sustained increase in inflation or really a structural shift in growth. Um, I, th- I think that you have a lot of tailwinds that are converging in 2021, um, which will fade by, um, you know, by probably the end of the summer, fall, and then it's 2022. But for, you know, I think for the next several months, at least you are going to see all those forces, um, you know, place upper pressure in yields and that will pressure, um, especially the growth momentum names. Um, so all that being said, just looking at some items for this morning, a lot of the fundamental news over the weekend was bullish. So, the Senate passed the Biden stimulus plan, $1.9 trillion. Biden essentially got everything he asked for other than the minimum wage. You saw some tweaks around unemployment benefits and then some of the um, uh, the qualification standards for the stimulus checks. But in general, Biden got everything he received. And this really occurred much faster than I think most people were assuming. Um, and so the House is going to vote on the Senate bill this Tuesday, which means Biden will sign it into law uh, as soon as Tuesday, if not Tuesday, then Wednesday. So fiscal stimulus obviously remains extremely elevated um, on the monetary policy front. You know, you have a lot of White House and Fed officials as of Friday and then over the weekend dismissing the jobs report that we had Friday morning, which was pretty terrific. Um, just suggesting that, again, the Fed sees no reason to kind of ease back on its present policy stance, which is extremely accommodative. China economic data was out um, over the weekend. The trade numbers, so January and February combined, were very strong. Keep in mind, China is facing easy comparisons, given that its pandemic um, was was kind of ravaging its economy at this time last year. Nevertheless, very strong trade numbers out of China, um, which which is an, another piece of fundamental news. Um, 
and then you continue to have more reopening announcements. Uh, you know, California announced uh, that they will be lifting the restrictions on um, you know some of the theme park um, uh, attractions, so Disneyland in particular. And then the U.S. vaccination pace continues to climb to continues to climb as well. So fundamental news remains very positive. However, in this current world, fundamental news does not. Uh, necessarily translate into upside equity prices, which I just went over. So it's more rotation than it is pushing um, the overall market higher. Uh, and that is essentially it. That's really the kind of the same theme that we have going forward. Um, you do have a lot of key events on the calendar this week. Um, you know, most important is probably going to be the US CPI for February. That's out Wednesday morning, and then the ECB decision on Thursday morning. Um, you know, those are going to be crucial events. Um, you know, I do think in the very near term, treasuries, um, you know, are looking oversold. And I think what you saw on Friday where you had a knee jerk sell off in treasuries, but they, um, you know, eventually rebounded um, and finished the day pretty stable despite the blowout U.S. jobs report suggests that, you know, the path of least resistance for treasury prices is probably to the upside. So, you know, even an inline or even if it was a little bit firmer than expected for the CPI on, on uh, Wednesday. And then on the ECB, you know, the ECB, ECB officials have been, um, you know, have been quite uh, forceful in their rhetoric around bond yields over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, markets aren't expecting a massive policy shift on Thursday. The existing frameworks around their asset purchase program provides them with flexibility to shift um, both the pace and the duration of asset purchases. But I do think that, you know, the ECB will kind of deliver more than just rhetoric um, on Thursday. And that that should help be a mild bond tailwind. You know, I don't necessarily think at all that people should rush back into growth momentum, though. I, you know, like I said, I think this is going to be a multi-month theme of yields bleeding higher, um, growth underperforming. So, you know, you may see, um, obviously, some some quick uh, reversals, but I feel like it will be those reversals will be ephemeral, and you're going to see yield again, yield higher, uh, growth momentum underperforming. Um, nothing really all that important on the Monday calendar for today. You have a couple of relatively minor earnings reports tonight. You have a bunch of sell side conferences this week. Um, you know, I think they aren't super important at the moment right now, just given that the big focus is on uh, these macro forces of yields, etc. Um, you know, for the most part out of the sell side conferences that we've been hearing from the last couple of weeks, you know, it looks like Q1 is tracking to plan, if not a little bit better. Um, you know, continue to have, uh, you know, same as, as broader economic growth is very strong. It sounds like S and P 500 corporations continue to perform very well. Um, you know, so again, I think your, your risk to earnings is, is still to the upside. The question is though, is all that going to be, um, offset by, um, a decline in the multiple? And that's obviously the, the major question for this market. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.